We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Van Duho. Today we got me, Alex McDaniel, Caroline Darney, breaking down another episode of Ted Lasso Season 3. We are talking Episode 3. We're a quarter of the way through. Like like my guy Rusty Rankspear says, we're loving what we're seeing. Uh, really enjoying this this episode of, of uh, or the season of Ted Lasso thus far. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our Big Chill producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Drees, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkman, Mac Lindsay, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them, all of our patrons, for supporting this show, helping the train keep going, uh, helping this Ted Lasso recaps keep going, Going. Folks, if you are listening to the show and do not watch Ted Lasso, have no fear. We will be doing a movie as picked by the patrons in April in a couple weeks. If you are not watching Ted Lasso, I, I recommend it. If you're not watching Ted Lasso, I'm not sure where you're listening to this right now, but I, I highly recommend it. But um, big thanks to everyone tuning into these recaps and, of course, the patrons for supporting this show. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash sports. You get schedule updates. You get to participate in future episodes. We are going to be launching a patron mailbag for producers here soon, so tune in for that. Uh, and you, you get you get to make these these recaps keep going, which is uh, which is great. We all appreciate it. I uh, appreciate the support over here at Big Screen Sports. And uh, with that, no reason to delay further. Let's talk Season 3, Episode 3, 451 of Ted Lasso. All right, returning to Big Screen Sports to recap Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 3. It is Caroline Darney and Alex McDaniel. How we're, we're a quarter of the way through the Ted Lasso season. How are we feeling and not how are we doing tonight? <laughs> Woo, Cleveland! <laughs> um, I'll miss the. You're actually in Detroit. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna go out there and say it, guys. I think this is the best season. Ooh, is that too dramatic? I, I have loved every second of every episode that we've watched. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you mean episode, or are you just calling it for the season? No, I mean like I. 
if I went probably three for three or four for four, if we, and compared them to the other two, I just think they have hit every, everything so far. Yeah. Like they, they're checking all the boxes for me, the storyline I'm in on the story. I'm in for the character development. I'm in for even like, I thought I was going to be irate furious about Roy and Keeley and they're I think they've even got me like in my feelings about all of that like I just think it's they're hitting all of the notes that I didn't even know I wanted them to hit Alex how are we feeling I'm feeling great I think episode three is a triumph which we'll get into at length in this episode that's why you're here um you know I always it's funny because I consume a lot of tv and I always have but I've always tried to view like really good shows like a book, right? So if you finish a really good book, your first thought is not to be like, what was the best third of the book? Was it the middle third? <laughs> was it the first third? Or, you know, you just think of it as a as a whole story. And the fact that, you know, the whole thing of, you know, this episodic adventure is like we're leading up to the end of a big story. But I think this episode by far it packed so much in, but mm-hmm. it didn't feel overwhelming. Like... I did not take traditional notes for this. My notes are just like stream of consciousness. Watching the show. <laughs> so yeah. How do you feel? I first, I agree with the book thing, except for girl with the dragon tattoo, because the first hundred pages, I was like, really <laughs> this, this is your King. And then the rest of the book, I was like, this is amazing. Anyways, so when someone asked you, what was your favorite third of the book? You're like, not the first, <laughs> the, the first hundred pages of girl with the dragon tattoo took me like two weeks to finish. And the rest of the book took me like two hours. So that that's where we're at with that. But I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Like I, I, I think episode three was elevated and like talking to Jacqueline about it. I think that was the first one for her that like really kicked into gear. But I, I was kind of looking at the first three of the, the first three of each season. So the first season is obviously the pilot biscuits and Trent Krim, the independent. I thought mm-hmm. Trent Krim, the independent was also when things really, really get going. Um, yep. Season two was uh goodbye Earl um, where a dog is murdered. Uh, lavender. <laughs> the first <laughs> 10 seconds. And do, and do the rightest thing. Season two was obviously working with a little more of a developed slate. Um, sure. But I, I think of the first, I guess let's take like nine episodes. So the, the first three of each of the, the first three seasons, I think, Oh my God. The, I think this episode, maths, a lot of maths, a lot of maths. I think this, I think this episode might be the, the best of those nine. I I'm in for it. Yeah. Cause most of those, if you think back to our episode draft of the ones that were in the draft, most of those were on the back end that were picked. Well, I think too, with this episode and it's something I'm sure I'll elaborate at length about later, um, (laughs) is suddenly all of our main people have some motivation. And suddenly this is like a turning point for them. Like Rebecca has to see Sam moving on. Ted is seeing Michelle moving on in the most dramatic Ugh, way. Possible. We've got thoughts. Roy's <laughs> passing Keely in the hallway and she doesn't even notice him. Ted's not remembering Michelle's number. Jamie has to grapple. Like here's everybody's getting their marching orders for the rest of the season. It feels like it's like, okay, here's the conflict we're going to have to work through. If we're going to get to the end of this, Rebecca, you know, I think it's less about a conflict for her, even though she's got to get over this Rupert shit and more about like, 
what a wacky little timeline to send her to a psychic, but it is so compelling. And I have thoughts that she can talk about later. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that we you didn't mention either. Sam has to figure out how he's going to incorporate avocados into Nigerian food. I know. Uh, avocados. Challenging. Avocados. Challenging. Well, let's, let, let's dive into it. We're talking about Ted Lasso, season three, episode three, four, five, one. Richmond adjusts to an exciting change, but Jamie has reservations. Ted learns there's something new going going on back in Kansas. I wish it would have said Ted realizes learns there's something afoot in Kansas. I would have liked that better. <laughs> um, in terms of like opening questions, uh, you know, did you was there something that you guys wanted wanted to start out with as far as the main takeaway, the biggest question from this episode? I am preemptively. I feel like I'm nervous about Colin and the reception that the locker room might have, but I'm worrying in a way that it's probably stupid because they've hit like every note and I don't have any reason to believe that all of a sudden, like the showrunners are going to turn into like horrible bigots and have, you know, characters that we love say horrible things. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm just like, yeah, that's my, I, as soon as I saw this, the opening scene, I was like, Colin, yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, we got more development and the running gag of him being a horrible driver is like <laughs> one of my favorite through lines through the three seasons by the way and when he gets in the car and says like i am a smart and capable man <laughs> and, and runs then he hits the a trash, trash can. can perfect and you realize but, yeah. like the deeper meaning of that in that moment because up yes. until now it was just kind of a throwaway like oh colin you're so sweet you know and <laughs> like you are a strong capable man but now you realize like he's got a big secret yeah. And mm-hmm. a secret that he's not, he doesn't know how people will receive it. And you hear him say his, his mantra and it's like really touching. And then, yeah, he hits yeah. the trash can. Mm-hmm. And when and- he does it again in the locker room yes. after he gets benched. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it that also too is like Isaac is such a, what this show does so well is we've only had like one real like full Isaac episode, right? Where he went and played the smaller court soccer where Roy used to play growing up and like Mm -hmm. rediscovered his love for the game um we got more Colin background and we I love to see that like we're getting and it's they do so much with so little in the sense of like we don't have like they're not the main characters but you still feel I feel he's immensely connected to all of these guys in the locker room and even if it's just the stuff like (laughs) Zoro, like no not Zoro, Zoro, and like that little moment I still feel like I know something about the, that character etc cetera, etc cetera. and so when he when Isaac just says like hey mate you doing all, like are you okay like at getting benched I think that's such an important moment because it's not just like it shows that Isaac is the like captain type player that has respect for his teammates that understands that this is a huge superstar that came in and needs to play, but this is still his friend that goes back, you know, teammate and all that stuff. And so him saying it again there, I thought was also like extra touching. Like, I just want my sweet, sweet Colin to be happy. Yeah. I mean, what they did with Colin, the fact that they bookended the episode with him um, being in the closet and doing that, it clearly like it for me is the opening question and it is the question at the end of our you know at the end of our run sheet i have like kind of a question for the rest of the season or the next episode or whatever it's what are they going to do with this because you don't bookend an episode with something like that it, it's not just going to go away we obviously trent crim sees you know sees colin and his his handsome man friend just just making out outside the nigerian restaurant at the end of this episode so he's got some information there i 
Trent Krim doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just going to burn Colin without, you know, without well, no, he's not going to out him. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to not going to out him. It, That's it'll not just something be, he's going to make a chapter in the book type thing. Yeah, yeah. it'll Am just I be interesting what they do with it. Yeah. Am I allowed to like, you know, last week I went on my big Amsterdam spiel. Yes. I'm going to have a little bit of Amsterdam in every podcast, just so you know. <laughs> Am I allowed to sprinkle some more Amsterdam on you? Like, can I tell you this? Okay, here That's we go. That's the way Amsterdam Alex tells us she's been eating hash brownies. So the Colin Gay storyline has actually been rumored for months. And the reason why is because they were spotted filming outside of an actual gay bar or a gay club in Amsterdam. And it was Trent and Colin. And so there were like a few people who were like, oh my God, are they getting together? What I think it could be is more of like a confrontation, not a fight, but like him, you know, Trent either helping him realize who he is or saying like, you know, and Trent might be gay too. We haven't considered this. Like there could be a whole thing there. I don't think Trent's going to betray him. That was my point. I think I don't either. Trent like sees, I, you know, I think he just wants him to be free and to feel open to that. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and they set it up a little bit with regards to like the potential conflict, which again, I don't think is the way the route that they're going to go. I think it's, I have much more feelings of this being handled in a way that like Schitt's Creek approached all of these things where it's like a thing and like, it's not really mentioned. It's not, you know, it's the wine, you know, um, but the, the whole conversation that was happening right there was like them talking about Zava and like, you know, how handsome he was and all this stuff. And like, and so a couple cracks being made about like oh that sounded gay like that kind of thing um and so you're you're kind of like but don't say that in front of colonies or sweet <laughs> i know so it's uh but he did handle it perfectly he's like fine you've convinced me <laughs> yeah he did colin made me very anxious in that um everyone should be allowed to come out at their own time and and yes. and, and colin's clearly he's he's living closeted at this point we don't know you know maybe to his to if, friends, close family, whatever. Maybe he's, he's out, but to AFC Richmond, he is closeted and bringing his boyfriend in to the, to the restaurant as the hangout and introducing him as the wingman and making out like a block from the restaurant had me very nerd. Like clearly he doesn't want to be outed yet and he's just playing it fast and loose. And that just made me very anxious for him. Cause I want him to be able to, to, to announce this on his own terms. Yeah. Texting and, in the locker room made me real nervous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd I was argue like, too many people <laughs> not to like, you know, play armchair therapist here, but I, I would argue he wants to get caught to be free. Like he doesn't want it. Maybe he's not ready to do it himself, but he's putting himself in situations where, oh, no, if somebody peeks around the corner, then I have no choice and I'm out. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not putting that on him. I'm just saying who among us. We've all <laughs> had things where it's like maybe you you want someone to find out just so you don't have to you know, live with the shame of it anymore. Not the shame of like being gay, but the shame of keeping a secret from yeah. people mm-hmm. you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To clarify. Uh, the, before we get into best scenes, the only other thing I kind of want to talk about on the, I think the other big story from the episode was obviously the introduction of Zava. Um, yeah. Last season, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we got one main new character introduction, Dr. Sharon. Couple, you know, a couple random supporting characters. But if I, the only one who was, Pretty essential to the plot, Dr. Sharon. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So I think. So it's that's kind of been the theme. Obviously, season one, everyone was new, but Zava is the gravity to which pulls everything in in this episode. It seems like everything in, in the world is revolves around Zava. <laughs> I'm just curious, what are what are our first reactions to this guy? Because I gotta say, 
kind of love him, kind of dig it. Like I, I feel I, like Zava is who Aaron Rodgers thinks he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where yes. like we all look from the outside looking in, it's like you're kind of a dick, man. Like uh, good for you with your whatever you want herbal treatments go for. I don't really give a shit. But I think in Aaron's head, he's like, I'm here to enlighten everyone and everybody takes energy from me. And I, I'm just saying, I would not be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers like taking up four lockers and meditating <laughs> before, but he would just do it in like a dick way. Like nobody yeah. would be supportive of it. Be like, fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. That's how I feel about Zava. <laughs> <laughs> I love Zava. I love, I love him too. And, and we've been set up already that he is erratic and he has been played with a million different clubs. You know, Roy says something like he's crazy, but he can help us win in episode two. And it's really, it might be one of the, ultimate tests of the Ted Lasso effect of and, and something that I'm wondering about for the rest of the season does Zava eventually cut and run and this team has to find a way to win a championship or beat West Ham or whatever it is whatever is the 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 main athletic goal at the end of the season do they have to figure out how to do it if Zava leaves them or does kind of the fulfillment of what Ted can do with the team does this eccentric superstar who is God's gift to soccer at some point buy into the, the Ted, the Ted Lasso of it all and become some sort of team player. That to me is, is the the flip of the coin. I think it ends up being that or injury. I don't necessarily think he's going to leave, but there's either going to be a situation. I think you're right. There's either going to be a situation where he's not available for whatever rematch of <laughs> it's like whatever the opposite of um, like the, the big green or little giants where, you know, like someone comes out at halftime, you know, or ice box returns <laughs> for the second half. Um, so I could see maybe it's something like in, Oh, now I'm cooking with sports cliches. Um, Nate draws up something where like he puts, you know, guys in the game that just go to injure Zava mm-hmm. and now they have to come together and figure out how to win beat West Ham for the title or whatever without him because Nate's a dirty little cheater or something like that. I have a um, theory. I don't think Nate would be so bold to try to destroy a legend. I, I think either. he would try to destroy <laughs> I think he would try to destroy, destroy Jamie because like Jamie's great but he's not Zava, you know. Mm-hmm. I Nate also not- fucking hates Jamie. I also I don't know like the the drug testing sitch with Premier League and just soccer in general. I don't really know. Does <laughs> ayahuasca show up on a drug test? Well, this is where we go back to again, Amsterdam. This is where we go back to Amsterdam. <laughs> what if like Rupert and or Nate like they either he's photographed like taking something, you know, like what if something happens or he's given something or he accidentally ingests like a substance? To me, that it sounds very ridiculous but i think if you did it subtly i just don't think they're gonna try to hurt him i think yeah that's gonna, fair i also try to get him out of the way i also do think that nate has a redemption arc this season and oh, that's yeah, not we're something mm-hmm. yeah that's not something that he can he do and do still complete a redemption arc you can't like yeah. you know yeah. take a tire iron to someone's knee and still be the good guy yeah but i i'm, I'm excited for zav to be here and this this episode and the introduction of Zava and what we get, we get a, we get an actual sports montage. This is the sports yes. movieist 
Ted Lasso episode there has been. Love this Ted. this felt is felt like a sports movie and like I I dug it. Let's get into best scene. Um, I, I'm just yes, uh, it's kind just of run all down. of it. It's all of it. <laughs> so we get the the the. I don't want to say shocking sounds bad, but the the very the surprising Colin intro, the reveal. Um, uh, yeah, the reveal, and and I can't think of someone not someone less likely to open them to open the episode with. But when like our first shot is of Colin, I'm like, oh, there's there's Colin, oh, like there's our sweet boy Colin. And they always telegraph it like that. Remember, we've talked about it. Like when they started season two with Nate, and we were like, what? I mean, Nate's great, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, we get the. Uh, we go to the locker room uh and this this scene for me is the uh when they're talking they're roundhousing their their favorite julie andrews oh my god which is wonderful so good i just loved the whole like mother superior can we have some perspective on the matter (laughs) when roy says fuck yeah princess diary One of the greatest Roy Kent lines of all time. It's just perfect delivery. Like, it was was a great line, but also just he did it in the best, best Roy Kent way. Because it wasn't like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. It was like, fuck yeah, Princess (laughs) Diary. Like, they all forgot about And Trent, I think Trent Krim has been such a delightful ad. They're using him Mm -hmm. just the right amount for, like, you know, they're including him in stuff like that. And he does this like, well, you know, I think it's uh, Queen <laughs> Genovia, Rinaldi. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yep. Princess he, Diary. He's been a great addition. Um, that mm-hmm. that leads into the waiting for Zava and then the introduction of of Zava. I wish I could say Zava like the Brits say Zava with incorporating an R. I I yeah. I Zava. linguistically yeah, I cannot incorporate the R. Nur. Nur. <laughs> um this has one of my favorite I know what you're about to say right now. <laughs> he's like, did we make sure he's not yep. sitting in Richmond, Virginia? <laughs> he's like, is he sitting in the middle of Virginia right now? Wait, <laughs> so I was like, Caroline. That's what it was. That's what it, Cause he didn't say Richmond, Virginia. He just says sitting in the middle of Virginia right now, waiting for us. It, it had one of my favorites of, um, of Higgins saying his DJ name and the, I didn't know you DJ Damage control. <laughs> didn't, but I had the name ready in case I started, which is the <laughs> ultimate. I had this idea for a podcast. I've got the name and idea. I've just never done it. Never done it. Also the running joke throughout of any time anyone meets Shandy and she explains that she's a f- close friend. They go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Th- this is uh <laughs> we get the indication that Rebecca does not like Shandy. Rebecca does not think highly of this hire. Um, and I, I think, I think, yeah, I think there's a, think there's a lot that's going to come from that, uh, from that little, that little exchange there. Just like Keely respects Rebecca's opinion more than, more than anyone. And I think that at some point will come to a head. Um, I think too, like the, the reason why they keep, you know, it's a little, overused for the joke but every time oh she's my friend oh they're doing that to like signal you hired her because she's your friend and maybe she's got potential but it doesn't make it your responsibility to hire her and that that's going to come they're just not going to be able to work together Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. friends Um, cannot work together you heard it here (laughs) terrible idea terrible idea i hate caroline's guts <laughs> the, the number of texts I have from these two just arguing, and I'm just stuck in the middle of the group talking text. shit. Just terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, we also we eventually do meet Zava. He's made his way into uh, into Rebecca's office, 
And Biscuit this is crumbs this is ever. where it's it's interesting. Episode two, we all we hear is other people's opinions of Zavo. The only time we actually hear him talk, we see him from afar interacting with Rupert. We don't Rebecca just gives him the business in the bathroom, which is a weird sentence when I say it like that, but she <laughs> yells at him in the bathroom and we just we see his reaction, then we see the press conference when he says he's signing with Richmond. So we don't have we don't know a lot about him, but we have this opinion that he is going to be he might be difficult. And he's certainly a little difficult. He's certainly a little a little odd, a little certainly beat of his own drum. But he shouts out, you know, he shouts out Will Kitman. Like he, the most important person in the locker room is the Kitman. He yeah. says time is a construct, like gender in many of the alphabets. He is there is <laughs> they they it's interesting. They lay so much early groundwork, like right away groundwork. That is, he is he is strange, but there is there are instantly re- very redeemable qualities in him, despite potentially his it, not even potentially his arrogance when it comes to soccer. He redoes their entire formation and says, "I will be the only one playing up front," which is kind of sick. Mm-hmm. The I also really like the. When they're going over the strategy, they're like, the only person to take free kicks, Zava. The only person to take penalty kicks, Zava. The only person to take corner kicks, anyone, but get it to Zava. <laughs> um, that whole thing was just, it's, and what I do actually really like that I think they've done well is the rest of the team. I absolutely love that the rest, of the, well, first of all, he said, are you the ball boy to Jamie? <laughs> The kid man, sorry. And, and then when he also says, when I was 11, I did this too. And he's like, I'm 25. <laughs> but the look on both Jamie's and Roy's faces when he called him the kid man was perfection. Um, but the idea that the rest of the team is just stoked that he's on the team and they're all in on it, like absolutely super excited, celebrating every goal. Um, except Jamie, that drives him to get better which we see some more of next episode. Um, I love that dynamic. And I also love how they continue to build off of the Jamie Roy dynamic because it's creating this like, like Roy gets it. It's not the same as getting older and not being the superstar versus being the superstar and having a mega superstar show up on your doorstep. Like those are two different things, but he understands the same like thought process, like, you know, what he's going through um this is going to be great when at the eventually when zava and jamie have to escape from sid's house when zava has a firecracker strapped to his back it's going to be really really lovely to see them come together like that (laughs) we have to figure it out (laughs) i just love it's just so good danny being obsessed with it oh i love it amy can't get a goal even like yeah. Well, I mean, it. We get our. We get a montage. Like it is a. It is a. It is the first yeah. time that, aside from a single game, that the results of Richmond see like that we have any. It's expanded the universe. It. It is expanded. Yeah. It's the first time we have an insight into what's going on in the Premier League. That sweet, sweet Premier League money. <laughs> Man, that Apple. There that is Apple clearly. Deal. There is clearly the the the. There's been the influx. There's probably already been more premier league involvement in this season i think than any like obviously the west ham thing and all these different teams getting mentioned and things like that like there's 
clearly that world has been expanded. And honestly, for me, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I actually think that's a yeah. it's a wonderful addition to the show. Well, you, side note, and let me actually. So, did you guys see this drama about? I just want to. We're talking about this. Um, about Chelsea's flag, and how it was digitally altered. Okay. No. In Chelsea Stadium, they have a banner that says they don't make them like Ray anymore, and it's um, in honor of the late Ray Wilkins. Who oh. Was, yeah. So. People who funded this, who funded the banner, saw the episode where it obviously says they don't make him like Roy anymore. And they got really mad. And they're like, how could you edit this? And obviously, there was no real editing. It's just a digital banner. But it goes to show you, like, it's fascinating now that they are colliding with the real world. And, like, that was a real life thing. Like, Chelsea fans were mad. It made the news. Because they're like, well, you're not going to make a mockery. And they weren't. But, yeah, you know. I, I actually, I kind of see their point there. I think I. I do too. Yeah, I. I that's kind of. I see all sides there. Yeah. Well, it, it works. Think... It works perfectly, but there you could have done something else, especially if that was honoring someone who had passed away. That. Yeah. That's but the kinda... fact that we're even discussing that, especially when you consider no one over there is watching this show. Like, yeah, I I'm just Google. I was afraid when you said they like when they had the banner and you both go oh. I was like, did he do something bad? And that's why we edited it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, he did not. I just Googled it. I was like, he seems lovely. It was just jarring. And so anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like drag that no, out. No, it's a... I was only bringing it up to your point. Now we're colliding with real teams, you know, and representing real teams. Like West Ham, I saw something, some ad for West Ham the other day that had Nate on it as like a joke. I mean, it's, but they're not watching it over there. They even had, um... I think it was the actual Chelsea FC Twitter account put Mm -hmm. out like a tonight, like when the last episode, the one second episode came out, they put like, they had tweets like tonight, Roy makes his return, like hosting AFC Richmond. Like they tweeted out, like it was a real game. Um, And I think that's super cool. I could see that like changing the banner of someone that played for you because it, it obviously they're like, Oh, we could just make this Roy and it ties in and it's real world, like whatever. And I can also see where you're like, that's a guy that played for us. Um, but it is, it's, it's, I'm They made a Ryan Reynolds McElhaney joke prior last season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. About Wrexham. Yes. Um, so I think it's, I think it's neat that it's kind of, evolved in that way. I loved seeing, I thought that was the perfect way to fast forward time and show us where they were in the premier league. And then Mm -hmm. also hit people with names that they recognize. They know who Manchester United is. They know who, you know, Liverpool and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They just conveniently skipped over quarantine and COVID. (laughs) When you think about it, like they missed all of that, but yeah, I think it's part of why we like it. I mean, one of the biggest sports movie faux pas is when you have a when you have a movie about a team, but you don't give a sense of how they're doing in their world, and then suddenly mm-hmm. that rookie of the year makes this it's it makes this mistake horrendously. It like Henry Rowan the Cubs are bad. Henry Rowan Gardner gets on the Cubs as a relief pitcher, and then suddenly they're they're like in line for a playoff spot, and they just don't give us any idea of how this happened. So it, it does a good job of. Good. We, we talked about this with episode one is like if Richmond is going to compete, something needs to happen and we need to we need to know. And obviously the Zava acquisition has made it so, you know, they now have Jesus Christ Superstar on their team and uh, his tattoo is <laughs> ta- the tattoo. I mean, 
That's a, that's like the Affleck Phoenix of back tattoos of soccer back tattoos. Like that's that was wonderful, incredible. Yeah, the, I mean the whole thing. Um, a scene we haven't talked about yet. How, how do you guys feel about the profession of, I guess the psychic industry? <laughs> psychic industry? Yeah, the psych the psychic the psychic industry. Uh, I have never had a reading personally. Yeah, the same. I- same. It feels um, a little bit, I mean, it's easy to sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, they just say like, oh, I'm thinking of a, you know, it's all the generic stuff. And then it just leads to you finding or noticing those things in your daily life. But watch enough good X, Clyde Bruckman's final repo is one of the best X-Files episodes deals with fortune telling. Ring the oh. X-Files bell. Um, <laughs> Alex, the, the Rebecca and the psychic scene. I, I need your thoughts here. Oh my God, I have so many thoughts. I knew you would. Um, like so a white Russian. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, I love the joking and the Big Lebowski. That was so good. So I had to go back and watch that scene a few times because I wanted to make sure I caught everything the woman was saying. And <laughs> I'm going to hit y'all with some Amsterdam again. But, you know, okay, so let's try the, She says, first of all, she messes up Knight in Shining Armor. And she's like, what does she say? It's Shite things- and knighting armor. Yeah. And I love when Rebecca repeats it. <laughs> she just, she's so condescending. So she brings up the green matchbook, which we later see where that comes from. But then she says, I see thunder and lightning and you're upside down and you're drenched, but you're safe. So I might've brought this up on the last episode. One of the rumors in the Instagram thing is that a few people witnessed them film a scene where she falls out of a boat and into the water, like during a rainstorm. And I'm just saying, it's not a spoiler if you don't know if it's true. This is truly just like <laughs> Twitter chatter. So this is not me giving you some inside info. I have no idea. But apparently a lot of people who are in this, it's called Ted Becca movement. I'm calling it that, but Ted Becca is a thing. A lot of people are just absolutely bound and determined the Amsterdam episode is when they're getting together. Like this is when it's supposed to happen. And so a lot of people are theorizing like, well, if she fell out of the boat, maybe he saved her or like something like that. But, um, you know, and then she's like, you will have a family and you will be my mother. So, you know, in season one, when she's like, I thought you didn't want to have a baby. And he says to her, I just didn't want to have one with you. And we Ugh. see her face change. Like, I think I talked about that. Ugh. Her face is just frozen and she's doing everything she can not to cry. Clearly, and as we see it play out with Sassy's daughter and everything, I think part of her resentment toward Rupert is she feels like he stole years from her where she could Mm -hmm. have had a family. She could have been a mom. It's clearly a sensitive subject for her. She wasn't able to just laugh it off. When she says, like, you're going to be a mother, she's furious. Yeah. Like, why would you even say that it's dangerous and you're cruel? Yeah. And, um, you know, to that I would say, and look, if Sam knocks her up, awesome. (laughs) Like, at this point, I've accepted their thing. But, like, all I will say, just in not because I have info, it's just that, you know, being a mom and having a family can mean a lot of things. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to mean being pregnant or getting a surrogate or adopting a child or anything like that. But that can be a lot of things. And I think in Rebecca's mind, it was just instantly, like, she didn't have a baby during her prime and she regrets it. But yeah, that scene was hard to watch. Yeah. The um, did anyone else catch the and now maybe it's not a thing, but before she goes, th- before she goes to the psychic, 
is when they're at the press conference for Zava where he's not showing and she looks at her watch and she says I'm late and then gets very cryptic about for what and so when I did the rewatch I was like wait no no okay because it hasn't it wouldn't make any sense for her to be pregnant then but I feel like it was potentially I don't know I don't see now that because you everything you said was accurate like this doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to have a baby of her own but right, she could have been how old is she in the show great question I was gonna ask you all that <laughs> I, because... I'm not gonna answer that I, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> well, know I am the last person who who needs to guess how old a woman is <laughs> well, my women, guess would be early 40s women plenty of women have healthy babies into their 40s mm-hmm. um like so I don't want to say that I know that like, my generation at least I was raised to believe that like once you're 35 you are done and don't even try because it's too risky. And that's just not true. It's not true anymore. So I don't want to like, I don't want to count out the fact that she could absolutely have a baby. I'm not saying she won't. I just think it could, you know, it could be a lot of different things. I don't know. Well, I'm sure the Ted Becca shippers are saying that she's going to be a mother to Henry. Guys, they are really scary. Like <laughs> I cannot. They're like you. Star Wars fans. I have to hold back from sending y'all at least 30 tweets a day. Oh, please send those. I see yeah. that end up. No, because like Light it's Light the overload. chat up. But in, and some of them are so sure it's happening that they're kind of like sassy about it. Like, <laughs> oh, but what? sassy is my girl. Yeah. So. Well, well, but go ahead. I was just going to say that I, that was, I was going to change subject really kind of with our last scene yeah. in that everyone converges onto Sam's restaurant. Which we last week were like, we haven't seen Sam's Where's the food? (laughs) Um, So we see Sam's got a little something, something going on with the chef. So that ship seems to have sailed for Rebecca. She gets the green matchbook. I it's, it's an interesting dynamic for me. The most interesting part of that is, is Roy and Jamie. Like imagine that conversation happening two seasons ago, Roy offering to chain to train Jamie, which is a plot idea that I love is yeah. i am so 100 percent in on yeah. and also jamie says fucking stevie nicks which is a horrible impression <laughs> but the way he says that it just kills me stevie and when he hits the like meatball off of his fork or whatever and he's yes. like when do we start he goes now <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent the entire thing is excellent and it's also roy leaning into what he's good at which is like really refreshing because he's kind of been down on himself about not having nate's tactical mind and ultimately like he's good at identifying what people need to do to change he can whether it's training or coaching and you know it's it's good to see his evolution (laughs) as far as like how he views himself and his value yeah i'm i'm so excited for for that to happen um what is what is the best scene what was the best scene in this episode it was loaded Caroline, I'm putting it on you because she looked nervous. And Alex isn't on camera. (laughs) I know. Um, I think uh, I'd say like maybe the restaurant scene or the. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll go the restaurant scene. There's a lot of good parts in the restaurant scene. Um, I don't think that the. Princess Diary scene is enough to me. Well, like I wanna, we've left out what I think is the best scene, which is when Ted talks to Dr. Jake. 
Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot, yeah. That's this oh, episode. Oh shit. Yeah. So yeah. We, Fucking, oh, I mean, I was the, the Rupert, the Rupert bruh. category for biggest villain of the episode is going to Dr. Jake. But the, the thing is, like, they were so smart with how they played it because having him do the Trump impression and answer the phone, he's fucking likable. He doesn't seem like a villain. He seems like a genuinely nice person. But also, it's their marriage counselor. And notice he was very careful about saying to Sassy, I mean, they didn't start seeing each other until a year and a half after they were done because I think that is technically how long you have to wait before if you're a therapist before you can get involved with someone i only based that on an episode of suits <laughs> Sorry, he's legit. Trying, he's at first i'm not out. gonna lie i watched the episode i think i all caps texted alex while i was watching it the first time and i thought it was like the pediatrician like a <laughs> dork i was like oh he was like their family doctor how rude you know like <laughs> no it's worse he was their therapist and it's it's so smart again by the showrunners and the writers to choose this and the way it was revealed and you're right like doing the impression like took everyone off guard and like there was the whole thing about it comes right after him forgetting her cell phone number Mm -hmm. which is a huge moment like and i think what did beard say he's like is that good or bad and he goes i think it just is like it's just a thing um and so you have that you're going into this like ted's growing like he's forgotten her number like this is maybe he's like and then gets pulled right back into it in a big moment these always happen to him like on the biggest possible stage type thing so zava's about to make his debut and they do the whole you know he's he's um scrunching his hands like the panic attack thing um but he has to like it's just the realization like who this is and that's the jake that you know he heard about from henry which again we talked about last week i'm not a parent it is really messed up mm-hmm. how she handled it yeah. and so you say dr jake's a villain i honestly think she might be because and i, and I don't want to put everything on her because there's a lot of moving parts like i get that but you're the one that has the responsibility to ted to tell ted that you're bringing another person around your son Exactly. In my opinion, and like, now it's clear again, why she didn't. Tell me if I'm overstepping. No, <laughs> like, now now it's clear why kid, she didn't. Like, I think yeah, I think if it had not been their their marriage counselor, she probably would have. But I think she wanted to try to get away with this for as long as she could. That is well, just- I don't. Okay, hold on. Let's calm down about Michelle. She's not evil. Like, here's what happened. She got a six week break for the first time in ten years when yeah. Henry was with Ted. Kyle, the look on your face, like, here she goes. <laughs> like, <laughs> she did, suddenly, she wasn't anyone's wife. She wasn't anyone's mother. She got to look out for herself. Obviously, reconnected That's a fair with point. Jake, presumably. Like, however, I think when you make the decision that I'm doing this, the first person you talk to, if that if that guy's going to be in your son's life, I don't mean like if you run into them at the store, like if they're at the park. I'm not talking about that. The first call you make is Ted period like i don't care how hard it is because if it's worth it to you that's what you do but it's number one it's just like common courtesy it's just Mm -hmm. a nice thing to do give somebody a heads up the last thing you want to do is open facebook and see a photo of your son horseback riding with your marriage counselor you Mm -hmm. know but also just protecting kids and like they get attached to people really quickly and you're still a co-parenting unit even if you're not together and you've got to decide the best way to do it i just you know, I think she was obviously scared to do it, 
or, you know, like instantly she's remorseful. Instantly she's like, oh my God, we should have talked. And I think she just wasn't thinking, but I also think she was scared and she didn't know how to talk to him. And she was afraid of hurting him and him trying to cover it up. Well, and and it's, it's fine. It's not just, it's gotta be difficult if it's anyone, right? If it's Mm -hmm. any, if it's the first person you're dating after you get married, after your, after your divorce or breakup and that you've got to introduce to your son or whatever. But on top of that, it is the person that is probably the hardest for Ted to deal with. Like, this is the person that you opened up to about all of the issues that you had in your mind. And how do you not then sit there and think that this person hasn't been, not necessarily weaponized feels like a strong word here, but you know what I mean? Like, they have way more information about half or like about the relationship than any other almost any other unless it's like a brother (laughs) potential suitor that could follow you and that had like ah i just it's jarring it's it's like a gasp moment where you're like oh my god and then he has to find out in that way like because I did they so I I could see if you if they reconnected over the six weeks I was under the impression that this was going on longer than before the summer just because like how casually Henry is like oh Jake gave it to me you know mom's friend like mm-hmm. da, 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 da. um and that was as soon as he got back and so I I felt that this was something that was but it was so reckless of her to let Jake answer their house phone like i understand them. that mm-hmm. yeah like oh yeah and it's this level of that familiarity adds insult to injury like it wasn't a because he can't because he's in england but it wasn't like a they ran into them at a restaurant you know what i mean like yeah he called a place that used to be a safe place for him yeah. and his family and found the one person that he didn't fully really trust because we understand like now all of all of his issues with Dr. Sharon to start season two makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Even if she wasn't dating Dr. Dr. Jake then. You know what I mean? Like now you're like, what kind of vibes did they have in therapy? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just I it's just I feel badly. I feel badly really for almost everybody involved, but I feel the most badly. Almost for everybody. I don't feel badly for Dr. Jacob. I think I, it just, it strikes, it's deeply unethical. Like the, he knows intimate details about their, their marriage. I, I don't know. That's yeah. like, Oh, well, Hey man, there, goes, there's a million borderline unethical. Yeah. I was like, borderline sassy. We're- there's, there's a million fish in the sea. You got to find someone else, man. Like there's just, uh, yeah, that's I know. gross. I did think he was handsome though. So I'm going to come out and say that <laughs> my fault. That's on me. But we <laughs> that's see, on me. we see Ted, go into his little spiral which i love like ted's spiral costume is disheveled hair a kansas city barbecue t-shirt of any variety and a it's glass such of a whiskey. great shirt and a glass it's of such whiskey. a great shirt and like whenever we see him with the disheveled and a glass of whiskey like we're in we're spiraling a little bit we're in our feelings however not totally he does what i think any curious human being would do when you're suddenly adjusting to someone being in your space emotionally and physically he's looking at facebook yep he's clicking on pictures he's not like on a mission though and he's look he's talking to dr sharon about it um i think he's and even the panic attack scene early doesn't quite get there but he starts to have the symptoms he brings himself out of it Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't continue to deteriorate he doesn't have to step away he gets 
a sense of control, whatever that was, and stops it. So I think it's good. But yeah, I'm, that's a shit show. He he's yeah. my villain of the episode. I don't I don't think there's anyone else. <laughs> we don't we don't get any Rupert in the episode uh, besides him on the couch, pissed off watching Zava score goals. So. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's Dr. Jacob with that. Let's take a quick ad break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's take a complete left turn from uh, talking about Dr. Jacob, who is laughing Liam Award, who is the funniest character in this episode. I'm going with Zava. A lot of my answers tonight, Zava. Zava. Kind, of, kind of like Richmond's offense. I'm, I'm running, I'm just kicking the ball to Zava <laughs> all, all episode. I think Roy has a really solid episode. He does. A uh, line where Jamie tells him you frowned your whole career, and he's like, no, I never smiled. That's different. Yes. <laughs> I had that written down. Um, I also really like when he's when he meets Shandy, and she gives him all that sass, and he goes, you're fun. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> we oh, didn't talk about hair. you're the one who eats your hair. We didn't yet talk about that moment. I didn't know a good place to fit it in, but just Roy coming and saying like he Keely said, Oh, Roy doesn't do interview. Like the press knows that Roy doesn't like to do interviews and Roy saying, Oh, well, I would do them for you. <laughs> That's like the wall softening. And he says like, I'm here for some stupid interview shit. And then he goes, uh, some important, <laughs> interview shit <laughs> i think it's uh, the soft march back i think you know roy's not a big grand so gesture guy but it's baby steps and he's just showing in very basic form like he can support her you know whatever that means you're fun <laughs> just i am obsessed with him you guys I, like i think it's... shandy's gonna make a run at him well, Shandy, Shandy uh, appears to be making her like hitting on everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Shandy's Shandy's all over the place. Uh, Shandy's Shandy's a real wild card. Um, I'm gonna throw uh, I'm gonna throw now for Trent Krim just for the the Princess Diaries delivery was excellent. Um, Beard was very funny in this episode too. I mean, that's evergreen. This, yeah. this I think I'm going Roy Kent because there were a few also sometimes where he did some like yes yes like whatever's in the background. Perfect. Zava. Yeah, I'm going for I'm going right this episode. I might go Danny. Danny has just every he's time good. he fires, he's on. Like the thing about Zava boots, obviously hilarious. <laughs> Made love like, for the first time to Zava boots. <laughs> you mean in Zava boots? No. <laughs> I just really love that they're like it might be a little cheesy or whatever, but I just like that everything he contributes now is funny. He makes um, me so happy. So I think that's 
good line. Yeah, I think Roy had some good ones. I liked, yeah, Beard is always just a fool in a good way. So <laughs> Danny guess. also had the great line of like, is Zava coming? I made him a friendship bracelet. Yeah, that line too. Like everything they're giving him is gold. And so, you know, it makes me, it almost feels like he's being given options of like five different ones. Just try them all. Let's just do them repetitively get every take and then they pick the best one in post because that's how like everything kind of has its neat little punchline um but yeah yeah looping this into to best joke uh beard has the one about when ted asks him what today's wordle is and he says ethics <laughs> ethic ethic that one was really good he also the um when jamie comes in and says like we I like guys like this are so self-centered and like only play for themselves and Roy kind of turns around and he's like don't you think it's a little bit ironic that you're saying this and before he leaves he does the like actually I was being um a hypocrite not ironic (laughs) (laughs) and Beard being like oh shit he goes is that right (laughs) yes (laughs) that was an amazing scene too that was excellent this isn't really like a one line well I guess it technically is one liner but I just love the setup and payoff of this when they're doing the big sports montage and they make the comment about like it's it's like living in a fairy tale right now if you're a Richmond fan it immediately goes to the guy in the pub I got a job job. (laughs) (laughs) like everything's coming up Richmond it's so good wait I actually think this one might be my favorite like one line or like um at the very beginning when Colin is talking to his guy in the kitchen and he's like, do you want coffee? And he goes, remember no caffeine. He's like, oh, you're right. That's right. Your body's a temple. And he goes, eh, it's more like a, like a uh, chapel at an airport. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that absolutely made me giggle. Uh, that was just a charming um, little exchange between them. Oh, actually, no, sorry. It's the Richmond joke. That's my favorite. Obviously. That's the best minor. Of course. <laughs> I hope of he's course. not sitting somewhere in the middle of Virginia. And when Chris says, um, when Chris says Zava is like Pele, if every letter was different. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and this wasn't said out loud, but written. I always like to look at the boards and stuff in the background. Written on the board said, make this match your masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) There were so many good. I, and we made a joke early on, but the, um, the maths, Thing where he leans in and he's like yes now if my maths is correct or are correct and he says the gruff yes roy does to maths and then i think he says no right after and i think it's because he did the wrong tense with it i missed that one i missed that too i mean i know he... what you're talking about but I, I guess i didn't hear it clearly Oh, oh shit. The other one that was really good. I really like that scene. That might have to be my favorite scene when they're like talking about the four five the yeah, four five one. And he does think he's like, so one of the strikers is gonna have to move back to midfield when they think it's still gonna be the four four two. Because who do you think will take it better? J- Jamie or Danny? And they're all like, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Jamie's like one of my mother's the- precious moments figurines. Yes. <laughs> So funny. So good. Really good. Um, 
we've already really talked about the sports action for on the pitch. I mean, we, we got a montage like that's, that's sick. Probably as much soccer as we've had in, in pretty much any episode. So I want to move on to the, I don't think you realize how psychologically healthy that is award for which character showed the most personal growth in this episode. I actually think it was, it was, uh, it was Jamie, Jamie coming in and pleading his case against Zava and saying, giving his reasoning, but also being extremely self-aware while he did it. Uh, I, I mean, man, remember when he was irredeemable, we would never forgive him. (laughs) I, I don't remember Super cut. (laughs) I always knew that he was great. There is no audio evidence anywhere of me saying anything to the contrary. (laughs) I think it's either Jamie or Roy, because I think Roy in the same thing, in the same vein, realized he saw through Jamie's emotion in his face immediately like he knew what was going on with him and I mean he's literally offering to help him and that kind of growth is uh immense compared to where they were I have a a reading from the big screen sports discord that patreon members can join there's Um, a discord yeah it's very small I'm just the, the worst at moderating it uh Patron Danny Weiser said Alex talking about how Jamie is hot now was really funny. And then Zach Rich, another another patron, replied, Alex, quote, Jamie is irredeemable. I hate Jamie <laughs> Tart McDaniel. <laughs> so maybe I showed the most growth in this. <laughs> maybe it's me. It's me. Hi. <laughs> Look. Whatever. I, I I feel what I feel. I do like how he's his style. And again, like, um, oh, I need to pull it up because I can never remember names. But the costume supervisor on Ted Lasso, she, because I think I said this before we started recording, she has an Instagram where she will post scenes from the show, like clips, and she will tag the designers on every part of their body. So like hats, jewelry, jackets, everything. And Jamie's style just really is doing it for me this year because it's just so remember like in the first season where Keely's like, I'm begging you just to try high fashion, like, you know, and he's wearing like a blazer with no, no shirt. shirt. <laughs> and then and, spills and the he's, soup. He's really like coming into his own. A lot of growth. A lot of growth he's for our still, guy. I mean, he's still like a 2023 Nick Carter though. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm not trying to get with him. I'm just Excuse saying, if, if I were in Amsterdam, <laughs> <laughs> give me a brownie or two. Yeah. <laughs> this Amsterdam episode has all the all the hype. It's gonna have everything. Um, the food I just poisoning. Of <laughs> the food poisoning award. Which moment from this episode gave you the most stress? I've already said Colin, everything Colin's got going on. Gave, but I mean, very happy for him. Want him to live his life, whatever. But like Carol, like texting in the locker room, making out with your your guy friend outside the bar. Because like, I don't know if we can call these. They're not like. Doesn't seem like they are boyfriends. Like they are just like er, they're talking. They're talking. I think is the they're talking with the youths or they're they're so. wingmen apparently. Yes. Um, but th- that <laughs> Great gave cover. me that that gave me a, a decent amount of decent amount of stress. I think it's the um. Ted finding out about Dr. Jacob. Yes, that was gave bad me a lot of stress. And uh, speaking of food poisoning, when Higgins says he has diarrhea, oh, and yeah. then asks Trent not to put it in the book. 
goes, you're fine. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> that was a good, like, pick up by uh, Beard right after that. Show. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, but you had the O. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just unrelated. Okay. That's what gives me the most stress is spelling diarrhea. <laughs> the oh, first yeah. time I, no way. The first time I watched it, what gave me the most stress was uh, the Colin scene. But it wasn't so much about that as it was... Like I was thinking too hard about it, and I was like, "Why is Trent there? Why do they? Why are they using Trent?" And then it occurred to me, he's the only person they can use to show us that because it doesn't affect. Like he doesn't work with Colin, he doesn't coach Colin, he's not a teammate with Colin. Like it's not something he needs to gossip about. It's something that truly he's not going to say to anybody, and like he might talk to him about it later on. But so I thought that was really smart. But at first, you know, because. Trent's like walking away and they're playing that Leonard Cohen song. And you're like, is he, he going to uncover a, the, you know, hot story, <laughs> like a hot lead. <laughs> and, you know, I, once I calmed down a little bit though, I was like, okay, it's not going to do anything bad. It's okay. Trent's cool. Trent's cool. Everybody. I think I texted you guys when I was watching that, like all caps, Trent don't do it. And then I realized like, of course he's not going to do it. <laughs> like he's not, he's not going to go to yeah. like some tabloid smut and just out Colin. It'll just be interesting to no. see yeah. how they how they play it out. Um, is there anything that worked about this one yet that we have not touched on? Healy's Versace like platform mules, which she also wore in the last episode. Are those the pink ones? Yes, they are like twelve hundred dollars. I couldn't. I mean, there's multiple reasons why I could never ever get away with that. One of which is the cost, and then just physically being able to walk in them. But also, then I would feel like. Godzilla, because if I wear heels at all, I remember one time at the Pentagon, I was in line for lunch at one of the like food court things, whatever. And I used to wear the khaki pants that the Navy issued, shocker, not super flattering. And so I'd wear these not super flattering khaki skirt instead, which was like the letter A coming out of your waist um, down to like just pat like at your knees. But I found these really great like brown leather pumps from Cole Haan they're gorgeous and in reg in regs and uh she was like five one maybe standing next to me in line and the way she looked at me like staring up because I'm, I'm like five nine I'm not like out of control <laughs> but she looked at me like I had just like kidnapped a woman and was hanging off the side of the Empire State <laughs> Building I was like this is unnecessary <laughs> So yeah, those would, those shoes would be out of my height <laughs> range, I think. Long way of <laughs> saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it works. I, I, like seeing Sam mm-hmm. open it, like or get ready to open his restaurant. Like it's just really nice to see the payoff of yeah. that and getting to celebrate it with all of his friends. And you know, if he's flirting with that girl, like obviously Rebecca has thoughts, but mm. I, I like it's. It's good to be happy for him because he looks happy and he doesn't look torn up by Rebecca. No, (laughs) I think that's that was a big thing is that they have made it clear that Sam has has turned the page. Yes, which is why I think like with the green matchbook and stuff. Yeah. Okay. so she got it there and her mind is instantly like, oh, my God, is it Sam? But I think it's a diversion. Like, God, if they if they seriously end the season with Ted and Rebecca getting together, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to have to answer a lot of DMs. The one thing that I do not want to happen, the rest I'm easy on. I'm like, okay, let's trust the storytellers. If they do that, 
I am done. <laughs> I just don't see. Famous there was something in this episode. <laughs> there was something in this episode that I thought hinted at it not being it. Like, it was like far too. their entire too, chemistry? Yeah, it was far <sighs> too, like, BFF brother-sister interaction type thing than one that I thought was like crackling yeah. with like sexual I, I just I don't see thing. it especially like Ted has been sleeping with Sassy for like two years now like a year and a half hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah he has this I'm T yeah Sass so I just yeah I, I don't I don't see that for Rebecca I'll I'll plant my flag there and I'll gladly be wrong maybe not gladly be wrong but I will be pre- mentally prepared to be wrong if if so sorry I'm just laughing because now I'm thinking of the funeral scene <laughs> which she tells Rupert that she thinks about his funeral every day. Sassy's a queen. (laughs) I I mean... That she's going to wear red and be a beacon of light for the other three people there. Best time, worst time. We only see Sassy for a short time, but Sassy, as always... Sassy ever having a bad time? Having a great time. Yeah, Sassy's never having a bad time. She's wonderful. Not on camera, anyway. Yeah. I'm sure she has lots of bad times outside of it, but when she's there, she's on. Zava having a good time? Zava's having a great time. (laughs) Great time. I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to take Zava from you, Kyle. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like I'm like Roy He's at the board. Zava, Zava, Zava's Zava. having a great time. <laughs> Ted probably uh, having the Jay- worst time. Ted's not having a great not time. Having a great time. Yeah, Jamie. Jamie. I was gonna say yeah. Those are having Danny's a having a great time. Fantastic always. time. <laughs> Um, the whole scene where he where Zava comes into the locker room and like he like touched one guy and they're all like. <laughs> that was just handled so perfectly like the whole thing shandy might be having um, too good a time she's she's real comfortable up there yeah shandy really needs to come back down to earth mm-hmm. yeah um the big difference between her and keely i because like we've we're, we're meant to believe like they they're kind of from a similar crowd like that like that High that high so- footballers. Yeah, that high society influencer who dates footballers and um in some ways advanced from it or whatever, but like Keely humbly worked her way up and Keely there was a lot of I don't think a lot of like doubt. I Keely didn't have like a lot of doubt in herself. Like Keely has confidence, but certainly um s- you know, like when she questioned Rebecca giving her a job in the bathroom and stuff like that. Like Shandy would have never questioned Rebecca giving her that job in the bathroom. <laughs> Any jobs? At the bathroom. Yes, exactly. So they're while being from possibly different, uh, similar backgrounds, they're very different in personalities and how they conduct themselves. And I think that will. Well, and Keely did it because she, she's good at this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like she, you know, yeah. even with the mistakes, we mistakes, quote unquote, we've seen her make in the first two to three episodes with like, you know, the CFO thing and like the 200 pounds a week on flowers and whatever. Um, she, she has a knack for understanding what people want to see and like understanding her clients and all that. Shandy doesn't have any yeah. of that. Like, no. yeah, she had one, one good moment at the shoot, whatever, where they, um, you know, she was like, Oh, if we just move people closer, it'll look like it's fuller, blah, blah, blah. But I think, part of Keeley's motivation to bring Shandy around is it it's a sense of home or sense of like what she came from and 
I don't necessarily think it's because she like thinks she's better than Shandy, but there's a kind of like someone that you can usher into things or mentor vibe to it too. So I think it's an interesting dynamic and and she doesn't have anyone at work that she likes. Like nobody has fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think she was thinking like, oh, if I just bring somebody in who gets me, it'll be more fun. And I mean, yeah, to an extent, but then there's also the other side of it. When you bring in somebody who's not qualified for the job. Then you get stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) And you know. So be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Um, Caroline, who was my Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character? (laughs) Zava. Zava. (laughs) Zava. (laughs) Don't care. Get it to Zava. Get it to Zava. Uh, yeah. Zava. Alex, who was your, your best supporting character? Roy. 100%. Are we considering Roy supporting character? I am. Yeah. (laughs) Look at Kyle's face when he said that. Are we, are we considering Roy? Because <laughs> it's like, doesn't it say non-Ted character? Just as best supporting character. Say non-Ted. Oh, because it's the pinch hitter. Wait, we, we have a, a perfect, okay, a perfect sorry, Ted moment of the episode, of which I skipped over. So uh, we can do that next. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, I was just, I got confused. I got confused. Um. Then I will say Sam. Sam has a good episode. Not a lot. Again, yeah. he hasn't been carrying, he hasn't been handling the ball as much. Think about where we were three episodes in with Sam at this time, like a whole sure. episode yeah. around him. But he's kind of phasing out anyway. And like, I think, you know, if he and Rebecca do end up back together, I think it would be under a circumstance that he's going to like leave soccer and go to the restaurant. But know he seemed to have fun day for him <laughs> we're happy for him um i'd go zava and if i'm not if i'm going non-zava um uh i think beard and danny had really solid episodes. we didn't talk about beard colin had a great episode about, yeah colin, colin we didn't talk about episode. beard and jane at the restaurant i know incredible <laughs> are you cheating on me yes with you <laughs> they she they, they stopped making out and she's like you're being so clingy <laughs> I just love she how might that's be the, the whole bit. She might so be my they are, um, answer from here on out. Anytime Jane, they are Ron Swanson and Tammy too. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. That's God, perfect. if Beard ends up with those braids and like the braids. <laughs> uh, Nick Offerman with the braids and wearing like is he wearing like what like a kimono or something? It's just it fucking kills me that is one of the best episodes of tv of all time um i don't think this one had a big chill correct me if i'm wrong well i think the big emotional moment for me anyway was rebecca at the psychic Mm -hmm. when she was leaving like hannah waddingham has this way about her and i always talk about how her face shifts and i realize that's a really clunky way to describe what i'm saying but there's something like she tightens her jaw she when she's serious and like it's almost like her voice changes a little bit and she says like you're dangerous and you're fucking cruel. Like, God, I just, I she, lost my breath. She has incredible face control. Like it's, there, there are like so many different ways to be a good actor or actress, or I guess everyone's just an actor now, an actor. Um, and she has such great facial control that she emotes so much with just a very slight tightening of her lips or like 
furring her brow slightly or any of that stuff it's like incredible to watch she's amazing like that scene was so powerful because she also conveys the skepticism and yet like a vulnerability while still having this like hard exterior and she's got that great all black outfit on if i'm remembering correctly and she had another really great pink coat like i'm just going to interview the costuming person to find out where she's going pink coats um give me your supplier she that she's (laughs) she's commanding in that scene it's beautiful um i think there's potential for me one of the scenes that also hit really hard was like ted coming out of the panic attack because zava scored it was like a combo thing of like so much emotion so much stuff happening and like him retaking that moment and part of that was external because you know beard's hitting him in the shoulder because they just scored off the opening kickoff with this new superstar on the field but i thought that was a really powerful scene zava scoring for midfield was sick love that um man of the match (laughs) who was the mvp of the episode who's who's yours kyle i was thinking about this actually maybe is is it is it zava (laughs) or so zava if we're talking about the actor or even the character who like carried zava was certainly a supporting character in that episode but i think we come back to the main emotional lines of the episode are what ted is going through what rebecca is going through it might still be zava but I just, I just wanted to give <laughs> give credit where credit was possibly due. I think mine might be Ted. I, I mean, Zava was literally the man of the match in the empty. This is true. Like this, is like from a literal sense. That's true. He, yeah, he I was mean, pretty good. You know, I would also say Roy, but Roy's my constant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I kind of was like, I can't say Roy because I answer Roy to like everything. Roy is my North Star. He's, I love him so much. The scene in the hallway, so good. Oh God. As far as as far as <sighs> questions for next episode, so we have all seen the next episode. Um, this is the first one that we've recorded yes. that I have also seen the next episode, and I was keeping keeping in the back of my mind. I think we were <laughs> think we were pretty good tonight about that. But I think the the biggest thing that comes from this episode that it's like what is going to what does this mean is Colin which we talked about and Rebecca and the the psych, they wouldn't have looped in this the psychic plot line in the in the green matchbook for nothing and it's yeah it's going to be well, interesting course. that and the the question i'm going to ask too is when do we how long do they make us wait for Roy and Keeley to have it out in some some regard i think it's coming i mean i don't Maybe by episode six or something, but you know it's hard to know with not knowing how the mm-hmm. story is going to progress because they have to have a moment where that makes sense. But I, I do think that's coming, um, and maybe it's not having it out in the traditional sense. But she absolutely deserves her moment of why, because everybody's made it very clear mm-hmm. he dumped her, and I have a feeling like even she isn't clear on why. So who knows? Yeah. A lot of lot of good stuff to come. I mean, it's it's been a a lot to unpack in these first three episodes. There, it certainly seems like the plane is descending, like it, it giving all indications that this there's a lot coming to a head. Is this is the last season? Sure. I mean, they've got to tie up a bunch of stuff. 
if they're going to get that done, but there's enough <laughs> new stuff too. <laughs> like if they're going to make the deadline. Um, yeah, I think the story. They've still got to go to Amsterdam. I know Amsterdam's going to be a big episode, y'all. Maybe it's a two episode. <laughs> it's a two parter. Um, I'm just like, I love the cover. <laughs> So, I'm just very excited about what all. I love that you love means. the gossip because that means I don't need to look into it. I just have you. You you just tell us all the gossip. Oh my God. This is true. There is, is someone true. on Twitter who's a very talented artist, and they do these sketches of Ted and Rebecca in like relationship situations. So like, I don't love it when I I don't love the subject matter, but it's kind of amazing. It'll be like them cuddling on the couch or whatever, and it's like. I hate the implication, but I'm like, look at all this talent that people <laughs> like they come together. They're really good artists. I just do not. And just the smugness of some of the Ted Becca people, like, oh, my God, they actually think they're not going to get together. Stupid. You think he's going back to Kansas? No way. He doesn't give a fuck about his son. <laughs> this is all <laughs> Which, again, I want to reiterate, I never said he was going back to Kansas. I just think he will be reunited with his son at the end of the season mizzou football on a more mizzou football basis. ted lasso's coming i'm i'm sticking <laughs> to that yeah that would be cool um y'all this is great we've we're a quarter of the way through things are going well caroline where can the folks follow you you can find me at cw darney on twitter and instagram actually alex all of the things same <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can find me find her on my stuff yeah and all of the good content for the win all of the content. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to support the show and possibly participate in a Ted Lasso patrons mailbag, go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. More news on that upcoming, maybe in like a week. I don't know. Haven't planned it out yet. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Fionn to the Farm. Great episode dropped yesterday with former minor league backstop Chris Betts. Tune in for that. And as for these Ted Lasso recaps, we'll catch you probably next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.